Did you know that changes are coming to Medicaid? If you or your loved ones are currently enrolled in Medicaid, you may need to renew your coverage. To start the renewal process, make sure that Nebraska Medicaid has your contact information. You may also receive a letter in the mail explaining your eligibility for Medicaid. If you are still eligible, fill out the renewal form and return it to Nebraska Medicaid at the address provided. Help is available and you can receive free assistance. Go to howtogetcare.org to find a navigator enrollment specialist. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer your uh, questions, get you the top couple answers. Uh, this is an interactive call-in show. You've got the questions. Uh, we'll help you with the answers and kind of get you in the point you in the right direction. Get you get get that car repaired so you can get it back on the road for Monday or Tuesday or whenever you're going to fix it. I guess you know sometime. Yeah. When do you want to go back to work and how bad do you want? Yeah, to well, it depends how bad the repair is. I'm Bob. Next to me is Kyle. As always, answering the questions every week. So. Uh, you know, we're available on the, uh, you're listening to KFAB, obviously, but um, on the iHeartRadio app, there is, uh, you can have the podcast, and you can find Mr. Mechanic on on the podcast there. So if you can't listen every week, you can catch up. Or maybe you uh, heard that answer that we, we talked about, but, you know, it's now three, four days later, the next weekend, you want to go back and, and rehash kind of what we said and, and where to go, because sometimes we our heads are filled with a lot of information and we jam it out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And maybe that doesn't always, uh, you know, understand real quick on the other side. So you can always go back and take a look. Yeah. we and got a podcast. We're worldwide. We're now. worldwide. Yeah. You can you go on vacation. You can catch up on Mr. Mechanic and God, why wouldn't you? You're sitting on the beach somewhere and you want to listen to us. I get yeah, that. Call us. Tell us where you're from. Let's see who's <laughs> the furthest person away <laughs> From Nebraska, is. yeah, yeah, we got to know that call. Give us, give us a call sometime when you when you're thinking about it, and listening to us. So, we are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We fix brakes right the first time. Stop by, see us. We'll get you back on the road. So, we're, you know, we're gonna head over to Doug. Doug's got an 06 Ford. He's first up this today. Doug, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, this is actually my third time calling on this vehicle. I called a few years back. I was having a consistent problem where uh, this 2006 Ford Freestar would just die while you're kind of accelerating. And at that time, uh, you guys had I'd done all kinds of stuff, you know, replaced the EGR valve and different things. And you guys suggested replacing the idle control motor, and that fixed the problem. And, uh, and that's actually happened twice. You know, it'd go about a year and a half running fine and then it'd start dying again. And it always started right up right after it died. 
And so I replaced the idle control motor a second time, and then it went about a year and a half again without dying. And now it's dying again, but the only difference this time, the behavior is the same, but those first two times the computer was putting out a P0175 code, and this time it's putting out a P0420, which says that the PCM's detecting a problem with the catalytic converter. I went ahead and replaced the uh, O2 sensors, kind of figuring that wouldn't help, and it didn't. So I'm just kind of wondering, do you think it's the idle control motor again, even though it's a different code this time? Mm, well, I would doubt it. I mean, that PO420, that's not going to cause it to die and then restart. No. That's no, it's secondary not. to anything that we're looking at. Not unless there's a huge vacuum leak. And that PO420 is basically catalyst deficiency code is all that is. And on those particular cars back then, they had a big problem with the intake gaskets going flat. And you would suck air through there, and if you you could bring air externally in from a different area other than the air filter, that would mix with other. You know, the oxygen level is different, and the and the O2 sensor kicks on, and now it thinks the oxygen the catalytic converter is not quite right. Mm. So that's one possible there. That's easy enough to check. You can just run it and just brace a little bit of carburetor cleaner around the intake and and see if it kind of picks up and. Then you'll know you're drawing air in in a wrong spot. So you'll just be going down the road, and this thing will shut off like you reached up and grabbed the key, right? Well, not not usually when you're just going down the road like 50 or 60. Fortunately, it doesn't die when you're doing that. It's like when you're accelerating, you know, maybe only doing 20 miles an hour. Hmm. It'll just die on you. And, and obviously, that's it's particularly troubling for my wife and daughter because, you know, you lose power steering. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and, you know with that low RPM and the first place that I'm going to be curious to look is the mass airflow sensor. Um, okay, I did replace that. You know, when I first started having the problem a couple of years ago, before we did the idle control motor, do you think that could have gone bad again? Well, maybe not necessarily bad, but there could be debris on it. It could be dirty. It yep. could just need to be cleaned. Yeah. Um, okay. But the fact that you're just getting on the gas, just introducing airflow to your intake. That's where I'm going to start is right where it comes from. That throttle plate opens, more air goes across that mass airflow sensor. Let's start from the beginning. Right. And, and unless that idle air control motor is sucking back so hard, causing a huge vacuum leak, which is kind of unlikely. Yeah. But but they do have – you've replaced this, this idle uh, – the IAC motor several times because they were a huge problem, and they always were. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't – I, I kind of agree with Kyle. I don't know if that's exactly where you're heading at this particular point. And the fact that you have no codes, that makes me believe I need to start with the sensors that just read what they see. I mean, I've seen June bugs sitting on a mass airflow sensor. The computer has no codes at all, but it will not run because yeah. the mass airflow sensor can only read what it sees. If the circuit's good, it's not going to set a code. And then, so, your, so the first thing you're saying is check it to, just to kind of clean it. The second thing would be maybe replace it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to need a little bit more evidence before I just go throwing a mass airflow sensor in there because they're a little bit of a pricey part. They're upwards of 100 bucks. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about that idle control motor was, you know, that fixed the problem for a year and a half each time, and that was only about 40 bucks. so that's why I was kind of tempted to just try that again. Sure. 
Yeah, give it a whirl. But I, but uh, but like I said, since this is a different code, I just wanted to get your guys' take on it because the other times it was always at P zero one seven five. Yeah, the the four twenty is just not going to lead us there. No, no, that's just okay. it, everything operates within a certain parameter, and that that four twenty or four four twenty four thirty catalyst efficiency code just means that it's not operating as efficiently as it it should be. And the computer sees that based on what the oxygen sensor sees. And like I said, if you have a vacuum leak, uh, even a little bit of a vacuum leak in the morning, it, it'll affect how that reads. And downstream, it'll make other things come on that aren't really maybe necessarily bad or could be bad. But you you, you got to start again at, at number one before you end up at number three, if that makes sense. Okay. I, and so I, besides... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I agree with Kyle. I, get some mass airflow sensor cleaner. Clean that sensor. Check it first, you know, um, see if there's a problem there. Otherwise, uh, you know, try an IAC motor. There is no reason for you not to try that uh, because you've you've done it two other times and it's worked great. Yeah. And yeah. They, they were a big problem. It, the symptomology doesn't lead us there, but that doesn't mean anything. Car repair can be uh, just because it doesn't always lead you there doesn't mean that's not the problem yeah now you said that they were a big problem but the fact that i've already replaced it twice are the new ones not any better than the old ones no 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 okay. we, we got to the point where the only thing that we would put back on those were ford products and uh because they were such a problem in the aftermarket to ever try to use and then in 06 i out you probably find a ford one anymore <laughs> yeah and oh so you okay yeah I'm, i think i've just been getting them at like auto zone so yeah. you, sure, you that's probably going to be all that's or... available yeah it's all it's going to be as available and uh no no we we put many of them on that were ford isn't the only back. one that had this problem I no mean, toyota if you get an aftermarket hot cold iec motor for a toyota corolla say that none of them ever work i mean you got to go back okay. to toyota yeah they look the same. Look but the same. They're not built the same. No. Somehow, I don't know. So, I don't know. So How do you Ford know? Doesn't even ma- so Ford doesn't even make a good one anymore. I would doubt it. Well, they generally I, obsolete everything eight to ten years down the road. Correct. Correct. Ten years out, it's uh, they're moving on. They have to. Otherwise, they'd have uh, they couldn't store all the parts that they have to keep. But if I were to take the car into them, I mean. What are they going to do? They're just going to go down on AutoZone too, or you bet. Yep, That's what okay. they do. It's what they have to do. It's not what they want to do. But if the parts not available, okay. they go to the parts department and say, "Well, that's no longer available." Then the next choice is to call somebody else, and uh, that's what'll show up. Okay. Well, I appreciate your advice. Yeah, try it out. Let us know. Give us a call. Okay. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Give us a call. We'll be back in a minute. Mr. Mechanic. Yes. Change my oil. Okay. Transmission fluid and spark plug coils. Uh-huh. Rotate my tires and wash it all over. Oh. And new brake pads so you don't get run over. My car is so old Don't even have a working cruise control Please help fix my POS Mr. Mechanic You are the best 
All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Give us a call. We'll hear from, from you soon. We'll, we'll call you. Right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> Got a phone book in the studio somewhere. We'll find it somewhere. Maybe you're yeah. sitting on it. Who's uh, our lucky person? Boy, here's something that uh, most of us don't understand, but if you've ever been out to the West Coast, uh, you'll understand. But I'm sure a lot of people don't know this. But Oregon... Uh, because of all the problems trying to get labor to actually come out and, you know, want to come to work, they have suspended all of their, um, full service to gas stations. So out in Oregon, everybody that gets gas has to be pumped. Your tank has to be pumped by somebody else. You have to have an attendant out there all times pumping tanks. If you pull up to a 20 pump gas station, you've got to wait until somebody comes over and pumps your gas. Isn't New Jersey the same way? Yep. New Jersey is the last state in the union that actually has this. This was in place since 1951. Can you nice. believe that? And I love all, it. And, and they had to shut gas stations down and block off pumps because they didn't have enough people. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. I, I, I can't. Ma- I can't. <laughs> I'm sure if I was out there, I would have moved the, I would have moved the uh, whatever. And, and gone and got your gas. And- I would have gotten gone my gas. There's no doubt about that. There we go. So... We still too have you know Buchanan service centers have two gas stations in town here, and we both offer full service at at you know at one island at two pumps, and uh, you know people love it. They really do. You know uh, professionals and just whoever just stops by. I think get, we're the last in town. Yeah, we might be the last two in town, but you know it's a great. A lot of people love it because they they just don't want to get gas in their hands or just don't want to do it. Um, some. Older people just say, hey, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. Can you do that? And then you come through, they check the tires, we check the oil, we vacuum the car, we, you know, we check underneath the hood. So you get all of those fluids serviced, and a lot of people do it every week. Some people just do it once a month. Um, That way they know all the fluids are full. They don't have to worry about it because the majority, I mean, you've been out there, Kyle. I mean, how many times have you been out there and literally had to put four quarts in somebody's car of oil? Because oh, more often than I check it and it's full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, probably I'd say maybe 50% of the time it's full, but most of the time we're, we're out pumping at least two quarts or sometimes four, you know, and they come in rattling and everything else. So it's a great idea. If you don't like to take care of your car or just don't have the time, just stop in because, boy, if you don't keep oil in it, it's going to stop on you, and uh, you don't want that. But anyway, that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, Oregon is they they there for a while. We're saying, well, you can just uh, do it here or at night or fill up here. And now they just kind of repealed the law altogether because they just don't have enough people to be able to sit there and pump your gas, mm-hmm. which we take for advantage. I mean, it was they called it dangerous. We just called it normal. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do if somebody if I pulled up to a different state and somebody's running out to pump my gas i guess i I always when i go on vacation i research where the full service gas stations are and i go there and just get gas and hang around the station (laughs) check out what's happening part of it i've kind of chalked up to uh you know just that withdrawal of being around a gas station oh yeah i've got to just hang out there and shoot the breeze with these guys yes and uh as we've mentioned before you know working working at a gas station repair garage it, it is very colorful 
There's never a normal day. There's never a normal day. It's I mean, fun. People it's tell actually, me about a normal day. I'm like, yeah. It's actually fun on a normal day because you get Put to see. Put your seatbelt on. Yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> yeah, we can tell you stories that you didn't even think would, would be a story. So we're going to head over to Ron. Ron's got a 2013 F-150. Ron, go. What's going on today? Yeah, I got uh, a code that just came up. Okay. And uh, P707 transmission uh, range sensor. Okay. And uh, is that is that for a transmission shop, or is that for my mechanic to be able to do? I think, uh, well, your range sensor is basically, you remember the old days of the neutral safety switch? Right, That's, right. It's along the same lines. It all depends on just how deep your... Uh, mechanic get into that you know some range sensors are on the outside of the transmission uh 13 f-150 that's the only code you have yeah. is this po 707 right right okay oh oh right or whatever they said that's a ford part and they can't get it and all that well you know, they and then that's probably it's probably true. Uh, I think that was there's also some of these um, range sensors and maybe something else. This may be just the code that's popped up. It may not necessarily right. be a range sensor of what it is. Uh, there may be something else. And a lot of times now, the, a, a lot of the electronics are inside the transmission. So you've got to drop the pan, maybe drop some of the valve body, and then get over. You know, you've you got to do a fair amount of work on some of these transmissions in order to get over to do that. So you, yeah, might, you, right. might, you might take it to your regular regular guy and have him just kind of research it just a little bit. He may, fix, yep. he may be able to fix it for you. He might re, uh, refer you to a transmission shop. Right. That, that's what I was thinking of doing first. Go to my mechanic, and it's something that, you know, he might want to specialize like a transmission shop. Right. There, there, there are certain transmissions, okay. like you said, they have they have big they got uh, big round connectors that, that go into the back of these transmissions anymore, and they'll have eight, ten, fifteen wires that are going inside. So they'll they'll wow. they'll leak from that area, and then uh, also that that's part of the plugging in that that particular. Yeah, it's, that, it looks the, like this is all integrated into the TCM, the transmission control module. Yeah. And all of that's inside your transmission. Yeah. On, on this particular oh, model, wow. so you're kind of, yeah, it's uh, kind of coming to that area. It, it It is. But a lot of that was outside. Now they're kind of putting it inside. So, yeah, there's going to be, a, it is going to be a Ford product. And, I, you know, I think there was something there that Ford had something on a recall with these two. Check that out. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Something okay. just sticks in the back of my mind. I can't remember everything, but there was something there that Ford had an issue with. Uh, it, it may be mm-hmm. that. Okay. They've had well, their. It's been a good truck. It's it's been a good truck, but this just popped up just the other yesterday or the day before, and yeah. uh, uh, not not nothing physically happening right now, but just wondering should get it in. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, if it's coding for the range circuit. I mean, I would have to believe that at some point you're going to have a starting issue. Right. Because it's seeing that the range is out of spec, out of its parameters, and that's like when it's in spec, that's what tells the truck it's in park, it's in neutral, it's in drive. 
And if it uh-huh. sees something, if that circuit should go open, your car's not going to start. And there's a lot of stuff packed into this particular module that's that's in there. It's not just the range sensor only. There's other things that's going on Solenoids, there, too. Solenoids, everything. Yep, exactly. So you're going to probably replace more than what's actually broken to solve the repair, but that's that's quite often the case. Okay. Yeah. Man. So I think right. I think the, the oh, advice yeah. is still the same. Check with your local mechanic, the guy that you use, and if not, then uh, hit it over to a, a specialist and see yeah, what they say. Yeah, this could be yep. as simple as a connection issue. Right. 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 Okay. I love your show, guys. Keep it up. So. Yep. Appreciate the call. You bet. All right. All right. Well, that was quick. We'll we'll take a quick break on Mr. Mechanic. We'll be right back and answer a few more calls. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show, Buchanan Service Centers. 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're going to shoot back into the calls, patiently waiting. Dave, 04 Corolla. Dave, what's going on today? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I got in at the end of the show last week, and I have a couple more questions. Sure. I got that small EVAP leak that I'm trying to detect. I've changed both sensors, the gas cap. I've done smoke tests. I've got a pretty good smoke machine. I still can't find the leak. Is there something in the electronic control module that you have to uh, change or do to get that code? I get it about every 100 miles after I clear it. Uh, what code are you getting, like a 455? Yeah, it's the standard one that everybody gets. I don't have it with me right now, but it yeah. it comes up. I've got a machine that clears them too, but like I said, it only lasts for about 100, 150 miles, and then it comes back on again. And, hmm. and you replace both the canister valve and the and the vent valve? Yeah, both vent, vent valve and the purge valve, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There, I changed those both, and I also put a gas cap on it. And then, like I said, the smoke machine I've got, I mean, I pressurized that tank to where it uh, almost, you know, knocked it out of the filler neck. And I can't detect any smoke, and I checked the lines all the way back. And then also the, the uh, rubber hoses up by the engine, I still can't find it. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think there's nothing that you have to initialize in the computer if that's what you're asking. I mean, this is just a basic fix and clear yeah. scenario. Yeah. And um, I think it's going to run a test. It has to be above a quarter tank and it has to be below be three quarter tanks. You have to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can- oh, okay. See, that's what's messing me up because normally. Um, three quarters or above all the time. Yeah, yeah so it's not going to run a test. No, Toyota's not going to run a test. It has to be at three quarters or below, and most, like Kyle said, run it down to about halfway or a little bit under three quarters. To run. It's going to run a self-test there. Um, all right, now, you, are, are, are you talking about the smoke test again, or what kind of a test will it run? The computer will run its own readiness monitor test. It's going to run a test okay. on that system to see if it's working or not. It does that periodically while you're driving. Yeah. It won't ever do it at idle. You can let the thing sit there and idle all day. It's probably not going to run this test. Right. Um, It does it while it's driving. And I think I remember it was a small leak. I don't think it was a large leak. I think a 55 is a... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a small leak in it. With Toyota, though, I mean, their EVAP canisters will create an internal leak where they just won't hold pressure. It... They crack internally, and you'll get pressure where you don't need pressure. You may not see it on a smoke machine. Rarely ever will I see it on a smoke test. Mm -hmm. It just basically recycles the smoke into itself. Um, Okay. 
And you're talking about the canister in back where the sensor is by the tank, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, your EVAP canister. And they come from Toyota. They have, you know, there's a vacuum switching valve on that thing. There's a vent solenoid on that. There's a tank pressure monitor on that. They all come as a unit. Kyle, is that one that's, that is drawing a vacuum, or is that one drawing pre- or, or, or doing a pressure? That you'll find a leak? Well, no, I mean, some cars will pull a vacuum to, mm-hmm. to see if there's a leak and holds vacuum, yeah. and then other ones will do pressure. This is an old system. This is a vacuum system. Okay, so, it's, so, what, so what we're saying there is that it's pulling a vacuum on that system, okay? And if there's a crack somewhere... You may not see it specifically with a smoke test because you're adding pressure to it. You hope that it does, but this this basically yeah. takes it from zero uh, from zero and does it into a minus like five or ten, and it sees okay. if it holds the vacuum. If it holds at minus ten, then we know we don't have a leak. If it goes back to zero, that's what the computer's saying. Hey, we got a leak. Okay, uh, that, yeah, that's the part I didn't want to change. That's like three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're a little pricey. Yeah, that. Yeah. All that, right. I appreciate your help. Does that light bother you? I was going to take the bulb out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you've already got a checker. I, I You know, I'll, I'll help you save some money. It, it's, in a grand scheme of things, it's not going to be anything that's going to be earth-shattering or a big deal. You're going to spend more money fixing it. And if, you, if the light bothers you, that's what you're going to have to do. But, if it, you know, if you don't want to. leave it. Put some tape over it. Yep. If it starts yep. flashing, then worry about it. And then, yeah, if it, if it starts flashing, then worry about it. Or just check your codes once a month and uh, worry about the bigger problems. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a nice you time. bet. Yeah, EVAP is one of those systems that it's gets frustrating. Old. It's frustrating, but, I mean, in states like this, it's kind of irrelevant. I mm-hmm. mean, we don't need you to pass emissions in Nebraska. Right. You live in Colorado or California, you've got to do that because a check engine light cannot be on before you pass it the uh, smog test or emissions test. And so you're going to end up replacing in those particular states more. You're going to end up replacing whatever it is in order to solve the problem to get the check engine light out. Got to do it. Got to do it. Not so much here. It's not going to be earth shattering. No. There's other things on there to fix that probably needs to be done. Spend your money there. We're going to head over to Mark. Mark's got a 2011 Jeep. Mark, what's going on today? Well, I am going to confirm that if you don't have uh, oil in the engine, that it eventually will stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. You bet it will. See when, one, <laughs> seen one last week. <laughs> yeah, well, if you, uh, yeah, if you have a 20, 20-year-old bonehead son, it'll, he'll do it too. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Need help getting that engine out? Yeah. Oh, and it, it, could, it couldn't lock up the engine, you know, two miles from home. It was 100 miles from home. So. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it also so. never locks up the engine to the right to the point where you can get the uh, the uh, torque converter bolts out either. It's always yeah. <laughs> a problem. <laughs> well, I haven't, haven't gotten that far, but I actually I'm more just seeing, you know, is this something worth putting a new engine in or um, well, put, no. put it in the backyard? How nice of a Jeep are we talking here? Yeah. Is it a re- it's, really good shape, low miles? No, it's got 120, and it's a uh, you know it's a four door, so okay, you know sure. that's nice. But but uh, you know, teenage kids got a door ding on it, and you know it's got a bumper that's cracked because of you know buffoonery. But I mean, it's still it's one of those things that 
Got its wear and tear. Yeah, so this is kind of what I do when I'm helping people make this decision because I get this this question all the time is that you got to go look to see what that car is. First of all, it's worth nothing right now. It's, it's worth salvage yard price unless somebody else will take it off your hands of about six to 700 bucks. So you got to find out what it's going to cost to put a motor in it. Maybe you find a used one and you know lower your cost there. And I would say, what, was it a six-cylinder or V8 or what? what's in it? I've, I think it's a six. Yeah. So if I had to throw a number off the top of my head, I'm going to say you're probably going to be 6,500. Would be probably my guess. Okay. Uh, with parts, labor, everything involved. And then you got to go out and see what that car is actually worth. Uh it's only worth 4500 well your decision's made um yeah. you know unless it's sentimental for some reason and then you i've seen people put 6500 dollars in a car because it's sentimental to them and that's what they want to do um or that car is worth 11,000 or 12,000 or more and it's in which case it's your your money ahead and then you got to go look at all the stuff that you've done so if you put brakes in it, you put a transmission in it, you rebuild the rear end, you did this, you done that, and done this, there'd be no reason not to, to put it in. But if you put it in, you know you got to drive it out. You know. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's what I was thinking. I figured it was going to be six or seven, and I got a buddy who says that he he knows a guy, but yeah. actually the guy does. Uh, but he says he does uh, literally engine changes every week. So yeah, you know, that's a guy that's sort of in the business. I live out. I live south of town a ways out so uh um like i said i'll we'll go look at it then yep sounds good need some help Let's great know. thanks guys you bet thanks, appreciate guys. the call all right we're going to take a quick break we'll be back in just a minute the mr mechanic show is brought to you by buchanan service center professionally fixed right and fixed on time two locations 79th and dodge and 50th and dodge in omaha do you need your driveway repaired or replaced? Have cracks in your sidewalks or patio? Need cracks around your foundation sealed? Then you need the driveway company. Over 30 years of doing all things concrete. Call 402-991-2125 or visit the driveway company of ne-ia.com. Cars, trucks, and SUVs are just happier at Buchanan Service Center. Routine maintenance, tire replacement, AC work, and so much more. At Buchanan Service Center, it's our job to fix it right and fix it on time. Buchanan's Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. I can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation and a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem, Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor, as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-ELIQUIS. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are right here. Weekdays from 11 to 2 on News Radio 1110 KFAB.
All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. Um, and, you know, hey, if you were hanging on hold, give us a call back. We just got a bunch of commercials today we had to get through. I tell you what. So, yeah, you know, uh, I ran across an article here, too, also, Kyle. They, they're, and this is kind of a big deal as far as the Ford goes, but they're getting inventories on these EVs up to about 90, 95 days of of inventory, which is about kind of, they want to get that hundred day in. And mm-hmm. if they got a hundred days of EV models out there, that means there are going to be more of them out there for people to see and look and drive and, and kind of go on that. Um, interestingly enough, Ford, Ford, and this is just stuff that's, that's published out, you know, I'm, as I'm finding it on, on some websites, is they, they plan on losing $3 billion this year in, in 23 on the EV business. Three billion is what they're what they're planning on losing, just trying to get things out there. But I also see that they are uh, Ford's cutting jobs too because sure. they don't need as many engineers in order to be able to do this. Once they got this platform going, and that's what they're banking and counting on, is um, they don't need as many people to run this particular business. So it's layoffs and other things are going to happen across the industry from people that were in the car business. How's that going to translate down? You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, going to be interesting. It's certainly going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I, here's one that's failed. Um, Lordstown Motors. This is a, uh, EB startup. Lordstown Motors. Lordstown Motors. They just filed for bankruptcy. They're kind of like the Rivian. They look like the Rivian car company, but they're called Lordstown Motors. Okay. They were, they were funded by some, you know, bigger people in, in the world, you know, the Amazon-ish kind of companies in the world, you know. Sure. And um, they just couldn't get funding. So there's there's one. That's the first electric car company, the big first electric car company that kind of went down. They were trying to get somebody to buy them and, and uh, get them absorbed into their company and, and maybe somebody else will buy them. But at this point, they're not really having any good luck doing that. So they, you know, if even though they're out there in the lot, if um, if people aren't buying them, it's just not going to be a it's going to be a problem. They're going to have them laying all over the place. And here's another interesting problem. I didn't even know this was possible. I, I just figured. You Wait just, a second. <laughs> Stop the show. <laughs> Ford. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there was a car lot down in uh, where was this Scottsdale? That uh, they come and, and, and took some uh, – police came in and took about three or four of their cars, say they were stolen. Okay. Well, they had paid money for them, but they didn't know they were stolen. We've heard this before. Okay. All right. Well, then that's that's the interesting part about it. And, they, you know, you could get the new titles and everything else and blah, 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 and, and there's some underhanded things going on here. And, and apparently they're getting stolen brand new out of uh, – up in Michigan on, on Ford lots that are sitting there. With uh, somehow they're getting the keys or what have you and everything else. Sounds and like an inside operation. Kind of does, and uh, they have they have kind of figured out that that Ford is losing about seven vehicles a week to theft. Mm-hmm. That adds up a lot. Seven a week, yeah. And that's just the article that I'm reading, but uh, I'm kind of wondering if that's a industry wide deal, and how many brand new cars are sitting on lots 
in somewhere and wherever they sit. And somebody just, oh, I want to cash this out, trade yeah, it in. It does kind of sound like an inside deal, doesn't it? You know, it's somebody knows something that uh, knows where the keys are at or that one's left in it or mm-hmm. over a weekend. And yeah. they're not going to miss one out of not mopping this floor again. <laughs> Out of 15,000 cars that are sitting in a holding lot, they're going to get miss seven, are they? Well, apparently they are. So I, I didn't. Uh, you know. I mean, when you look at like these holding lots and everybody's seen pictures of them on, you know, the news or wherever, but um, there's a lot of cars there. There is a lot and of cars. I'm sure that there's a guy with a clipboard that's just, oh, we'll park these here, we'll park those there. And then, well, you get down to the bottom, you're like, well, my count's off. They make 18 million cars a year worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody does. That's a lot of cars. Yeah, you would think there would be some kind of daily inventory. Because I know working at the dealership, I mean, you had a clipboard and you walked around. Is this car here? Is that car there? Is this yeah. car there? Yeah. I've got these keys and I got no car for it. Where's it at? Well, there's a big hole in the fence right there. Maybe it drove you there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you call the police and it it's, gets handled. It's not a it's not a happy deal. It's not a great deal. I get it completely. I just didn't realize what that number was. And I had never really seen that number on paper. So it was kind of interesting. Well, we got uh, another call color on the line. Steve is up. Steve, what's going on today? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I offer this call in lieu of uh, the information I don't hear folks talking about so far as uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Toyotas, uh, but primarily, I guess other, other, other dealers have the uh, hybrids also. I was kind of forced into buying mine. I had a Toyota Sienna with 230,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. And the flex plate went out. Okay. I, I, I guess that's in, that's in lieu of the, the flywheel. Yeah, that's, yeah. On the, these things. Well, and in the, my mind. Go ahead. And in my mind, I was, I guess I had to remove the engine and the transmission to replace it. You do. And uh, in my mind, I couldn't see trusting wiring that was heat set by age for 15 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then putting it back and using it for our trips to Florida. So uh, I begrudgingly, uh, they had to get it from North Dakota, the, the CN I have now. And uh, I have people in my family, friends of my, well, uh, my daughter's family has a, uh, a, t- a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a wonderful car, but they're glorified golf courts, golf carts, kinda a little bit, you know. And, and I, that Toyota product that you have, uh, you know, the, the hybrid, the gas hybrid that Toyota builds, and they uh, across their platform, great uh, cars, great cars. I mean, you're going to have to repair things, you know, here and there and what have you. And, like and any other vehicle. I don't know that I would give it up right. and go stack quickly on it, but uh, they've got a great track record of of, uh, of being quality. Well, I, hopefully I'm not consider, uh, considering any repairs on this when I bought it, not knowing anything about hybrids. Uh, I bought every bit of extended warranty I could on the thing. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, great. But now I'm finding out that the actual powertrain has been in effect for like eight or nine years. Yeah. Hey. On, on, on other Toyota miles. Steve, I'm getting. I'm getting I, Steve, I got to cut you off because we're going to be out of air. This is Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll see you next week. 
Did you know that changes are coming to Medicaid? If you or your loved ones are currently enrolled in Medicaid, you may need to renew your coverage. To start the renewal process, make sure that Nebraska Medicaid has your contact information. You may also receive a letter in the mail explaining your eligibility for Medicaid. If you are still eligible, fill out the renewal form and return it to Nebraska Medicaid at the address provided. Help is available and you can receive free assistance. Go to howtogetcare.org to find a navigator enrollment specialist.